Blessings to you in this season of Epiphany. Welcome to our podcast, our worship service remote for Plains United Methodist Church of Plains and for First United Methodist Church of West Pittston, Pennsylvania. Our scripture readings for later in the service are Acts 19, 1 through 7, and Mark 1, 4 through 11. I am Reverend Tenny Hutchinson Rupnick, and my email address is tenhutrup at gmail.com. That's T-E-N-H-U-T-R-U-P at gmail.com. Please send me any prayer requests you have and let me know if they're private in nature or if it's okay to share them on the next week's podcast so that your church family may be praying for you. Our prayer requests for our charge for this week are for Ted Wampole and his loved ones, for Diane Shuckers and her family, and especially little Ryan, for Bill Yeomans and his recovery, for the family of Dorothy Tippins, for Andrew, for Keith, for Clyde Dukes, for the Na family, for the Ramage family, for those dealing with financial strain, for little Nate Gray, for Rebecca who is fighting cancer, for all our healthcare workers and first responders, for all our governmental, civic, and church leaders, and for our nation, especially after the atrocities that happened on Wednesday this past week. And a couple of quick announcements. Well, actually just one, now that I look at it. For a couple weeks now, we've been offering virtual coffee hours for an opportunity to share some fellowship time. And these coffee hours are, have been great. They are being held over Zoom. Plains' coffee hour begins at 11 a.m. and First UMC's begins at noon. Emails have been sent out with the information on how to participate. It's very easy. You just click the link and we've posted the details on Facebook as well. You do not need to have an account to Zoom to um, partake in this. You don't need to be signed up with Zoom. You don't need to pay anything. All you have to do is click the link and you can join us on your computer or your smartphone. We'd love to see your face. Please do join us. The Baptism of Our Lord, Sunday, January 10th, 2021. Our gathering music for this morning is number 139 in our hymnal, Praise to the Lord, the Almighty. Praise to the Lord, the Almighty, the King of creation. O my soul, praise him, for he is thy health and salvation. All ye who hear, now to his temple draw near. Join me in glad adoration. Praise to the Lord, who o'er all things so wondrously reigning, bears the on eagle's wings, air in his keeping maintaining. God's care enfolds all whose too good he upholds. Hast thou not known his sustaining? Praise to the Lord, O oh, let all that is in me adore him. 
All that hath life and breath come now with praises before him. Let the Amen sound from his people again, gladly forever adore him. Our gathering meditation is Colossians 2, verse 12. Having been buried with him in baptism, in which you were also raised with him through your faith in the working of God, who raised him from the dead. Our call to worship is from Psalm 29. The voice of the Lord is powerful. The voice of the Lord is full of majesty. And all of the Lord's people say, Glory! Yes, all of God's people give glory unto God. May the Lord give strength to his people. May the Lord bless his people with peace. Our prayer of invocation. Let us pray. Eternal Father, you have given us your only begotten Son to take our nature upon him and revealed him to us at his baptism in the River Jordan. Grant that we who have been born again of water and the Holy Spirit and made your children by adoption and grace, may we daily be renewed by your Holy Spirit through Jesus Christ, our Savior, who is alive with you in unity of the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. Our second hymn is a favorite of mine, number 364, Because He Lives. God sent his son, they called him Jesus. He came to love, heal and forgive. He lived and died to buy my pardon. An empty grave is there to prove my Savior lives. Because he lives, I can face tomorrow. Because he lives, all fear is gone. Because I know he holds the future. And life is worth the living just because he lives. And then one day, I'll cross the river, I'll fight life's final war with pain. And then as death gives way to victory, I'll see the lights of glory, and I'll know he reigns. Because he lives, I can face tomorrow. Because he lives, all fear is gone. Because I know he holds the future. And life is worth the living just because he lives. Joining together now in our confession of faith, may we recite the Apostles' Creed. Let us say what we believe and believe what we say. 
I believe in God the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, dead, and buried. The third day he rose from the dead, he ascended into heaven and sitteth at the right hand of God the Father Almighty. From thence he shall come to judge the quick and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. Glory be to the Father, to the Son, and to the Holy Ghost, as it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. Amen. Our prayer for illumination. Let us pray. Lord, as water splashed across our face awakens us in the morning, may your word awaken us to your presence. Wash us in your wisdom, bathe us in your goodness, refresh us with your grace. Sink us down and under your love, and lift us up again to your forgiveness and your salvation by the power of your Holy Spirit. Amen. Our New Testament reading is from the book of Acts, chapter 19, verses 1 through 7. While Apollos was in Corinth, Paul passed through the interior regions and came to Ephesus, where he found some disciples. He said to them, Did you receive the Holy Spirit when you became believers? They replied, No, we have not even heard that there is a Holy Spirit. Then he said, Into what then were you baptized? They answered, Into John's baptism. Paul said, John baptized with the baptism of repentance, telling the people to believe in the one who was to come after him, that is, in Jesus. On hearing this, they were baptized in the name of Lord Jesus. When Paul had laid his hands on them, the Holy Spirit came upon them, and they spoke in tongues and prophesied. Altogether, there were about twelve of them. Our Gospel reading is from the Gospel of Mark, chapter 1, verses 4 through 11. John the baptizer appeared in the wilderness proclaiming a baptism of repentance for the forgiveness of sins. And people from the whole Judean countryside and all the people of Jerusalem were going out to him and were baptized by him in the river Jordan, confessing their sins. Now John was clothed with camel's hair, with a leather belt around his waist, and he ate locusts and wild honey. He proclaimed, the one who is more powerful than I is coming after me. I am not worthy to stoop down and untie the thong of his sandals. I have baptized you with water, but he will baptize you with the Holy Spirit. In those days, Jesus came from Nazareth of Galilee and was baptized by John in the Jordan. And just as he was coming up out of the water, he saw the heavens torn apart and the Spirit descending like a dove on him, and a voice came from heaven, You are my Son, the Beloved. With you I am well pleased. The Word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Our message for this morning is entitled, It's More About Direction 
The whole thing is more about direction than dirt removal. What am I talking about? Well, baptism. Baptism, the dunking under or the pouring over or the sprinkling upon. Baptism, like many of us experienced when we were just wee little babies. Baptism, like some others of us may have gone through when we were more grown-some. Baptism, like Jesus went through, there and in the Jordan so many, many years ago, and here and in our scripture for this morning, in the first chapter of the Gospel of Mark. Now, the baptism of Jesus is in all four of the Gospel books. That is, we can read in all four Gospel accounts about Jesus on the day of his Duncan. Yeah, he had a Duncan, and not the kind that sells coffee and donuts, but the kind that submerges and remerges the believer and participant. In all four cases, Jesus is baptized. This event happens, it is focused upon, it is talked about. And in all four accounts of this special event, it is John the Baptist, or the baptizer, they call him, who baptized Jesus in all four. Jesus is baptized in the River Jordan in all four. In all four, Jesus is submerged into a full wedding, a true dunking under. And when he comes up, when he is lifted up, when he ascends, in all four accounts, the Spirit of God descends from heaven like a dove and remains upon him, our Jesus. So Jesus, our Savior, our Lord, our example, he was baptized. And we, his disciples, those who believe in him and love him, those who commit to following him and emulating him, we, his disciples, are called to as well. No, we are commanded to be baptized as well. And most of us have been dunked or splashed or sprinkled when we were either too young to remember it or when we were older and had more of a hand in choosing it. But what is it all about? What does it mean, this religious activity called baptism? You know, I can't comprehensively tell you all about it. I mean, I can't explain it completely because I don't understand it completely myself. I can quickly and easily throw out words like sacrament and covenant, and I can say phrases like, it's the instituted means of justifying grace, or it's a means of rebirth and initiation. But there's so much that we don't understand about God's power and God's grace. There is so much about this sacrament of baptism and indeed about the sacrament of Holy Communion, that remains a great mystery to us here and now, and something that we will perhaps only understand better in the by and by. And you know what? I'm okay with that. In truth, I absolutely prefer it that way, the not completely and fully understanding. In fact, I tend to be suspicious of those who claim to have all the answers about anything concerning our God and our discipleship and our faith. After all, God's ways are higher than our ways and God's thoughts higher than our thoughts. And thank our good Lord for that when we consider some of our ways and our thoughts. So yeah, there's a lot about it that remains unexplained and mysterious to me personally, as a believer and as a disciple and as a pastor. But there is something I do understand about baptism, something I have become fully convicted of concerning it, something that I'd like to talk about today 
on the Sunday in which we remember and celebrate our Lord's own baptism. And this thing I understand about it and believe in and hold to, well, it all goes back to the one thing I said at the outset of this message, and it is this. It's more about direction than dirt removal. It's more about direction than dirt removal. An odd statement, perhaps, but a true one. And we'll keep returning to it. It's more about direction than dirt removal. Now, it may sound like I'm speaking more about something like the navigation app we may have on our smartphones, or the old-fashioned map we may prefer to unfold and hold in our hands. Or it may sound like I'm talking about whether one should use a Clorox laundry pen or spray some shout on a tough food stain. And in a way, I guess, yes, I am. Talking about some of that, that is. Because the stain removal part, or the removal of our sins from our soul, is the way we tend to traditionally think of baptism, the thing we default to. But actually, the direction-giving element of the sacrament That is actually what baptism is all about. We'll return to that, but first I wanted to tell you about a pastor. One pastor was going to speak about baptism, and he thought about all his parishioners as he was preparing. He thought about all those who would come, pre-COVID and church closure times. He thought about all of those who would come to service and sit in their favorite pews, Sunday after Sunday the older widow who was probably the best cook in that entire parish and who could talk a blue streak and get everyone around her laughing. The couple who had recently adopted twins, the one twin with a severe learning disability, the truck driver and the accountant, that guy who always sang hymns with such joy at the top of his voice, not seeming to care much that his perhaps wasn't the best voice the teacher at the back who always took notes for herself in some sort of journal during his sermons, the teenager who barely said a word but was a whiz with troubleshooting the sound system when it went on the fritz, the couple who came late and and left early but were always there and always holding hands. He thought about all of them and wondered what they thought of their baptism, if they thought of their baptism. And he started to muse as he thought of the dunking or the pouring or the sprinkling that they all likely went through at some point. He started to muse that baptism in modern times could be changed entirely. And instead of the rote and the common and the normal ways of doing it in the sanctuary and with the waters that come from the font, that we should perhaps, and as a church, we should perhaps require skydiving instead. Yeah, that's what I said. Skydiving. That instead of bringing a baby forward to get splashed by the waters or an adult choosing to submerge in the waters, that the believer should be required to jump out of an airplane instead. Well, in the case of the baby, that the sponsors and parents would be required to make that jump. Now, of course, this pastor wasn't fully serious. And this pastor wasn't thinking this way because he was turning his back on the waters or the, symbol, or the symbolism inherent in them, or because he didn't love the sacrament as it was. This pastor, as I said, he was just musing, like we sometimes do when we wish things could be different or somehow improved. And he thought about skydiving, 
about jumping out of an airplane to mark the beginning of our discipleship. He thought about skydiving because skydiving requires such commitment. It requires such commitment and isn't done on a whim. And it demands such focus and attention. There's a gutsiness involved in doing it and undertaking it. And the event is something no one will ever forget. Just consider the thinking that we do beforehand if we were going to skydive. The sheer prep we'd undertake. The fretting over it, wondering about it. Finally paying the money and taking the lessons for it. Then on the big day, listening to the instructor and suiting up with the thoughts of, why am I doing this again? And the quickening heartbeat and the jangling nerves, with our full attention on the instructions given and full commitment to the preparation before it, because no one wants to be left jumping out of an airplane and having forgotten what to do. His point was, baptism should be a bit more like that. With that kind of preparation and forethought and with that kind of excitement and doubt and hope, and commitment, and thrill. His point was, baptism should be more like that. And I can see what he was saying, and while a part of me knows it would never happen, could never happen, there's another part of me that says, yes, yes, baptism should be just like that. Just like that in the sense that we should all be so committed to it, a little afraid of it, taking it very, very seriously, letting it play with our minds a bit and jangle our nerves a bit because baptism, well, it should be a big deal, an enormously big deal for all those involved. For the older believer who is getting a Duncan herself, for the parents of the sweet baby boy who is getting splashed or sprinkled, it should be that big of a deal. For it is that big of an experience. It is. Because it's a beginning, a beginning, a beginning to something new and to something very hard. It's an initiation. It's a commitment to live one way and be one way for the rest of your life, a discipleship living. And in the case of the babe who doesn't understand what's happening at all, it's a commitment for all those who have gathered around that child to support him and guide him in the rest of their discipleship living as they bring him up. It's a beginning. And it's only appropriate that we feel perhaps a little doubt and some fear, get some jangling nerves and wonder, what is it that I'm doing again? Because this beginning is a huge commitment. And as we are told in the Bible and know for ourselves in firsthand, this discipleship to Christ thing can be difficult and painful and tough indeed. Remember, it's supposed to be. So yeah, I like the skydiving way of thinking of baptism, but it's not a perfect way to think of it, of course. It it was never meant to be. Instead, it was meant to be another way of thinking of something that we don't tend to think about too much at all so that we can see it from another angle and so that we can gain another perspective. But it's not perfect. And one of the problems I have with the skydiving analogy is the direction it takes us in our minds as we envision it, a direction that is down, 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 plummeting toward the earth, falling and falling. That's not the best imagery, is it, for a sacrament that most clearly lifts us up? No, the dropping and the, and the sinking and the plunging is 
definitely the wrong direction. But plunging? Wait, that does work in its way. Taking a plunge, jumping into a body of water especially, and letting go of your orientation, your control, as you jump forward and plunge on in. Think of a cannonball down at the county pool in the summer. In a previous sermon, I talked about our fun times as children in our local county pool. In that sermon, I was describing that odd little game we girls had and played of underwater tea party, a game which was played by pretending to drink tea as we held our breath and sat on the bottom of the pool. And in that sermon, I mentioned how the boys would like to jump from the edge of the pool and catapult right into the middle of our game, infuriating us all. Those boys loved to cannonball. And they loved to make as big a splash as they could, extra cool points or or whatever, if they could splash so far and so wide that they soaked the concrete poolside or got a sunbathing sister or a relaxing parent wet. And the thing about cannonballs, about the plunging, is that the jumper makes that commitment and takes that plunge and then whoosh, the noise of the disturbed water, the only thing one can hear as you are submerged. The rest of the world hushed out for a moment. Put yourself there. As you enter with an impressive water-displacing splash, and as you sink for just a moment, but then always and every single time begin to rise, buoyed up, lifted up, submerged just to re-merge. And I know that's not a real word, folks, but it works here, and I'm using it. You, submerging just for the re merging, the re-emerging into the cacophony of living as you rise to the surface, as you float and twist and splash up. Because it's more about direction than dirt removal. Our discipleship, our baptism. It's more about rising up from the symbolic death that we shared with Christ. Because that's what the sinking under of the waters is supposed to really symbolize. Not that we are being sunk under to be scrubbed off like some coffee cup or spaghetti-stained Tupperware, but that we are sunk down and under as a symbolic death to ourselves, a symbolic death of our selfishness, a death to our sinfulness, a, a death to our own wants and ways and desires, and that we are buoyed up and lifted up, that we rise up and are resurrected in remembrance of Christ's resurrection, But in our case, it's a rising up and a resurrection to a new way of living, a new way of being, a new time of following, a following, a discipleship living that honors and emulates the living done by our Savior, our Messiah, our Lord. A discipleship living that only begins with the baptism, but continues out and continues on with our obedience to our God and our loving to others with our walking in Jesus's footsteps and our living in Jesus's ways. And get this, we do not do it alone. Because just like Mark, like it says in Mark, like it says in other books, like John the Baptist witnessed to, like the Gospels narrated about, just in the case of Jesus our Christ, when we are sacramentally and symbolically submerged into a full wedding, a true dunking under, and when we come up, When we are lifted up, when we ascend, in all those cases, the Spirit of God descends from heaven like a dove, skydives onto us, if you will, and remains upon us, 
just as the same Spirit of our holy God did for our Jesus. Praises to our God, to our Christ, for making it possible that we, broken and faulty that we are, that we are lifted up and buoyed up by a baptism in the Holy Spirit to a better life, to a truer living. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Our next hymn for this morning will be one that I'll read, and it is entitled, When Jesus Came to Jordan. When Jesus came to Jordan to be baptized by John, he did not come for pardon, but as the sinless one. He came to share repentance with all who mourn their sins, to speak the vital sentence with which good news begins. He came to share temptation, our utmost woe and loss, for us and our salvation to die upon the cross. So when the dove descended on him, the Son of Man, the hidden years had ended, the age of grace began. Come, Holy Spirit, aid us to keep the vows we make. This very day invade us, and every bondage break. Come, give our lives direction, the gift we covet most, to share the resurrection that leads to Pentecost. At this point in our podcast, we remember our call to support our churches with our time, our talents, and our treasure. And so I say now, as I say every week, just as our Almighty God gave up entirely of God's self for our sakes, we are likewise called to give up of ourselves for the sake of others. Let us pray. All loving and gracious God, you have called us by name and love us with a fierce tenderness. In gratitude and praise, we offer our love in return, our love for you and our love for your people. May our tithes, talents, and treasures strengthen your good work in your good world today and every day, and all God's children say, Amen. Praise God from whom all blessings flow. Praise God, all creatures here below. Praise God above, ye heavenly host. Praise Creator Christ and Holy Ghost. Amen. And now as we are so gathered, not together in body physically, but still together as the body of Christ, let us bend the knees of our hearts and bow our heads before our Creator, Sustainer, and Lord in prayer. Let us pray. O Lord, hear our prayer. O Lord, hear our prayer. When we call, answer us. O Lord, hear our prayer. O Lord, hear our prayer. Come and listen to Merciful God, full of grace, hear our prayers of confession and our prayers of need in these next few moments of silence. Holy God, we thank you for the love and grace 
the power and majesty, the humility and mercy you have shown us through your Son, Jesus. We thank you that you have made yourself known to us through becoming one of us, that you have shown us that you love us more deeply than we can ever imagine, and that you never leave us or forsake us. Today, as we remember that our Lord was baptized by John in the Jordan River so long ago, we are grateful also that we have been able to share in baptism. You called Jesus by name. You spoke of your love for him. You poured out your spirit upon him. You said that you were pleased with him. Give us eyes to see and a heart to understand the gift of baptism as a sign of your heart toward Jesus being extended toward us. Help us to hear your voice today. Help each of us to hear you call us by name. Help us to know that you are our Father and that we are your beloved children. Help us to hear you bless us, to know you find pleasure in us and that you are pleased with us just because you love us and we are your family. And Holy God, pour out your spirit afresh upon each of us where we are as we listen today. Fill us with power. Help us to go forth from our time together with a mission, with your joy in our hearts and your word on our lips. May the same spirit who filled Jesus with the power to proclaim repentance and the coming of the kingdom, may that same spirit that empowered Jesus to heal the sick and set free the captives, may that same spirit overwhelm and empower us to live and love as Jesus did. In the name of the one in whom you were so well pleased, we pray and continue to pray as he taught us to saying, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. Our final song this morning is number 347 in our hymnal, and it's entitled Spirit Song. Oh, let the Son of God enfold you with his spirit and his love. Let him fill your heart and satisfy your soul. Oh, let him have the things that hold you and his spirit like a dove will descend upon your life and make you whole. Jesus, oh Jesus, come and fill your lands. Jesus, oh Jesus, come and fill your lands. Oh, come and sing this song with gladness as your hearts are filled with joy. Lift your hands in sweet surrender to his name. Oh, 
give him all your tears and sadness. Give him all your years of pain. And you'll enter into life in Jesus' name. Jesus, oh Jesus, come and fill your lands. Jesus, oh Jesus, come and fill your lands. Before we take our leave now of one another, may we recite the prayer of St. Francis of Assisi together. Lord, make me an instrument of your peace. Where there is hatred, let me sow love. Where there is injury, pardon. Where there is doubt, faith. Where there is despair, hope. Where there is darkness, light. And where there is sadness, joy. O divine master, Grant that I may not so much seek to be consoled as to console, to be understood as to understand, to be loved as to love. For it is in giving that we receive, it is in pardoning that we are pardoned, and it is in dying that we are born into eternal life. Amen. Once again, we have been refreshed by the waters of baptism. What comes next is truly a thing beyond belief. The heavens are open to us. The Holy Spirit is available to us. And God affirms to us, you are my beloved, well-pleasing in my sight. May it always be so. Amen. Shalom to you now. Shalom, my friends. May God's full mercies bless you, my friends, in all your living and through your loving. Christ be your shalom. Christ be your shalom.